With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Rankings and tiers of week one. Hopefully you all checked out our running backs and wide receivers videos just like this. Hayden, uh, typically heading into week one, every team is healthy. We know who's going to be on the field come Thursdays and Sundays. Not so much this week. And that greatly impacts both the quarterbacks you're willing to start and definitely the tight ends this week. Yeah, the tight ends. It's a great week to be on the late round tight end train. We'll get to them uh, in a minute. We are. Yes, this is going to be, I guess, three positions for your fancy roster quarterbacks. Then we'll move on over to tight ends and then we'll get into the very, very sick defense and special teams. Uh, we'll kick this off, though, with quarterbacks. And Hayden, your first tier of quarterbacks leads us to Lamar Jackson against the Houston Texans or the Ravens are 10 point favorites here with nearly 27 expected points, according to Vegas. Yeah, that, and that's the key metric here. The Ravens are projected for top three fantasy points, and without Travis Kelsey, I think that you can move Mahomes just low enough where I think Lamar Jackson's being underrated in the pick'em lobby. His fantasy point projection is under 20 fantasy points. I mean, he's hit that on like 67% of his uh, starts wow. since, uh, I think it's 63% since 2019, and I'm very encouraged by the skill group and Todd Monken and the Texans really it's just they're building this defense up but really they just don't have enough star talent yet Will Anderson Derek Stingley at the nice start but the rest of the defense is still lacking firepower I love week one not only because you know football is back but also the lessons that we learn about new offenses new offensive coordinators with the pieces that they have obviously during Lamar Jackson's MVP campaign he was a great thrower but so much of that was the explosive runs that we saw from him both designed and not I do wonder how much that changes now that you know this team we talked about this great stat from Rich Bar used 11 personnel on 74% of their passing plays in the preseason compared to just 18.4% last year, um, where the next closest team was at 40.7. Hopefully we get more scrambles from that too, because as yep. we know, with more wide receivers in the field, that creates more space and even more running lanes for Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And scrambling is actually better than designed quarterback rushing historically yep. for fantasy. But the, the big thing looking at this chart, so this is projected points on the right and then the plays per game up and down. The Ravens have had a slow-paced offense basically since Lamar Jackson entered the league. There's a chance that they actually play with pace, and if you're getting more raw play volume from the Ravens, that's how you can really have some crazy Lamar Jackson stats. I just think the matchup is totally strong against at home against the Texans. This is a big-picture question, but since we're going to cite it now for the next 18 weeks, uh, people are wondering why we are going to cite Vegas, expected points, the spread so often. Do you want to give them the reason why? Yeah, I mean, there's millions of dollars being uh, <laughs> they're very good at their jobs <laughs> on each side of this uh, of each side of the total. And 
I just really trust it. It's very hard to beat the market when it comes to that. So a lot of my quarterback stats are going to be dependent on how many points the offense is going to score. Obviously, it's not the only stat that matters because like rushing right. quarterbacks are going to get there easier than the passing guys. Um, but really, it's just like a very good stat to bang on. And just a quick explainer, because we know we have some more viewers this year. By the way, if you're checking us out for the first time, hit that subscribe button. Be a part of the 30% that do watch and do subscribe. Uh, if you take the game total, then split that in half. Then also take the spread and you split that in half and give the favor team plus the uh, the underdogs minus, then that is the expected point total for each side. Did I do that correct, Mr. Mathnerd? You did do that correctly, or you can just look at the beautiful chart and not have to worry <laughs> about any of that. Okay, back to uh, you know tiering and ranking because that's what we do best. Uh, Patrick Mahomes here tonight on Thursday Night Football against the Detroit Lions. They're still seven-point favorites, nearly 29 expected points for the Chiefs. Yeah, so the other chart I'm going to be using for the quarterbacks is this matchups chart. And if you look at it, the Detroit Lions allowed the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is going to get his, even without Travis Kelsey. What I'm expecting for this, a lot of distribution to a bunch of different receivers and tight ends and running backs as normal. I do think Mahomes is going to have to scramble a little bit more. We've seen Mahomes kind of unlock that scrambling ability when it comes to the playoffs. I think out of necessity, they're going to have to do that. And I think the Lions are going to be able to put up points without Chris Jones on the other side of the ball here. So I think that Mahomes is going to get there even without him. And Vegas agrees. They're still projected for 28 and a half. It's not the 30 and a half points like, yeah. like it was a couple days ago, but still it's a massive total. We know you're still starting Patrick Mahomes. Am I sicko, like a true sicko for wanting to see this offense without Travis Kelsey with like the questions that we still have at wide receiver? Yeah. I mean, we have this uh, Kadarius Tony Sky Moore thing going on, and I'm a big <laughs> Noah Gray guy, so I'm just excited to see what it's all about. Okay, we know you're going to lock in all of these players uh, in your starting lineups. Maybe we go through them more quickly in the future. Mm -hmm. uh, just today, though, just have a chance to talk about these offenses. Jalen Hurts is your quarterback three this week at the New England Patriots. In most weeks, I'm probably going to have Jalen Hurts as my first quarterback, but the team total is down at 24 and a half instead of like closer to 30 and a half. Playing in New England's not fun. I think that this Patriots defense is very fast everywhere. They can rush the passer. Now, Jalen Hurts, hard to bring down the offensive line's good they have these weapons we already talked about in the last show they're starting a rookie corner so i do think that aj brown and devonta smith are going to get there it's just new england plays slow the defense is good it's in new england so the usual jalen hurts absolute spike weeks the odds of him hitting that are low though he has one of the safest floors in all fantasy one thing I am watching, Brian Johnson takes over as the play caller from Shane Steichen, who obviously now is the head coach of the Colts, just to see if there are any differences. And what was a true well-oiled machine uh, last season in all three levels of the field. Talk to me about Justin Herbert against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they are at home, and obviously they're facing a legendary defensive coordinator in Vic Fangio. Yeah, so this is a great matchup for the Chargers, and Vegas agrees. The Chargers are projected for the second most points on the week. Last season, the Dolphins were 29th against fantasy quarterbacks. We have Rayshon Slater, their left tackle back, and Herbert's uh, on-off splits with Slater are pretty noticeable. Herbert's rib cage is not absolutely battered. We love to see that, and what we talked about in the wide receiver rankings, the Dolphins have Jalen Ramsey, Kian Crossan, and Nick Needham. That's three uh, probably starting quarter corners for the Dolphins on IR or the pup list. So I think this is just a beautiful matchup, especially if you think that the Dolphins can keep up with the Chargers. But I think that they're going to drop back a ton. It was a touchdown issue, a deep target issue last year. I think we'll be able to get that 
with all the weapons very healthy. Love that. Um, I'm looking to see if Justin Herbert takes a little bit more time to get to his check down this season, which he was very happy to get to quickly last year because, you know, he's playing with fractured ribs and he didn't have his left tackle. Um, I would expect him to uh, take a few more shots down the field this season. Check out the episode with Colt McCoy where we looked at what the Chargers offense should be expected to look like with Kellen Moore calling plays this season. Okay, one more in this potential quarterback one tier at the top, and that's quarterback one overall, I should say. Josh Allen against the vaunted Jets defense. Yeah, this is probably the toughest matchup playing on the road against a slow-paced Jets offense now with Aaron Rodgers at the helm. Last season, Josh Allen had 147 passing yards and 205 passing yards, one touchdown, two interceptions against the Jets. Those were during like his elbow issues, so I don't think we should like put too much into this matchup. But I think it's enough to ding him down from like usually going to be my quarterback two or three on the week down to quarterback five. Uh, the Jets were six against fantasy quarterbacks last year, and I think that Sauce Gardner is like one of these true difference makers on defense. When posting a lot of preseason clips, one that I showed was James Cook in pass protection, which he had more like pass protection snaps in preseason basically than he did all of last year in a single game. Um, Bills fans were getting angry at Deion Dawkins, who's their starting left tackle. And again, we know that the Jets are basically too deep at pass rushers. Obviously, Josh Allen is one of the best pedal to the floor scramblers in the league, so it might not matter as much in this game. But uh, again, something I'm going to be paying attention to uh, here in week one. Okay, that ends the tier one. We switch on over to tier two. I'm calling it based on reading what you wrote uh, in your rankings as the lock them in quarterbacks. And we'll kick that off with Joe Burrow against the Cleveland Browns, a team he hasn't had a lot of success with in the past, but the Browns have a new defensive coordinator this year in Jim Schwartz. Yes. Yeah, the, the Browns are very hard to kind of figure out on defense because historically they've been kind of this run funnel because their defensive line's been so bad, but this year they made some attempts to improve that. I think that the Bengals are going to drop back to pass a ton here and they're not really going to look at the matchup all that much from week 10 on last year the Bengals ended up being first in neutral pass rate and i think that the Bengals defense is going to have a couple more holes to fill because they lost some key starters especially at safety um so this is a high scoring game total i wouldn't be surprised if the browns and Bengals played a little bit faster than they did last year that's like the only concern if you're looking at the neutral pace in this game 30th and 24th on offense i think both of these offenses are going to play faster just based off of the personnel that they have this year and it's a rock solid team total so he's not going to run around like the other guys especially off this calf injury but he, he's right. calling himself close to 100 percent. so that's why he's in this tier two instead of tier one yeah nobody blitzed joe burrow last year for a good reason because when they did he, they absolutely torched him um or excuse me he absolutely torched them and Jim Schwartz in his past, depending on what his personnel has been, he's, you know, utilized more aggressive, let's say, pass rushing concepts. Uh, but now he obviously has Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith. You bring in those types of players in the hopes that you don't have to send extra pressure. Geno Smith is your quarterback seven against the Los Angeles Rams defense. This is quite different than the consensus rankings out there who have him as the quarterback 11 this week. So this is a good example of why I'm really big and using the Vegas implied team totals. Like you see the Seahawks right here. They're top five in projected points this week. It's a home game. Jackson Smith and Jigba is supposed to play. He was actually a full participant on Wednesday, which was a surprise to me, but that's good news for Geno Smith. The Rams defense is a disaster. And I think we're just going to keep writing that over and over again. And 
Geno Smith was a top eight fantasy quarterback last year. And like, this is a perfect matchup. Vegas agrees. So I, this is one of those where like, I think the consensus rankings, when we refresh on Sunday, we'll start ranking Geno Smith closer to where I have him. Yeah, if you're ever streaming quarterbacks or looking for a fill-in, like the easy equation of everything is if you're a home favorite and your team is expected to score 24 points, the Seahawks are home favorites expected to score nearly 26 points this week. Just a quick anecdote about my fantasy teams. Often I drafted Deshaun Watson, and if I double up to that position because I feel a bit uneasy about it, it was with Geno Smith. I'm starting Geno Smith on those rosters, on those teams, over Deshaun Watson uh every single time this week i have one more note on the rams defense they lost the most cap dollars on defense this offseason they traded away jalen ramsey lost some other key pass rushers that is an incredible stat they are so inexperienced on every single level uh we're going to keep targeting them kirk cousins is your quarterback eight this is a team under kevin o'connell last year that is so different than the mike zimmer led unions that we have seen because they play with pace they throw more often as we have talked about so often with the wide receivers and justin jefferson and last year adam thielen were top two in routes across the league yeah this is just an offense that's going to play with good pace and they're going to pass the ball at will very high team total once again very similar to the Geno Smith uh, argument here. And then on top of that, Kirk Cousins, 282 yards in the dome games last year versus 245 game, 45 yards in the outdoor games. We had, we're expecting huge things from Justin Jefferson. The Jordan Addison pick them line. It was like only like a 20 or 38 and a half receiving yards. I like the higher on that one as well. I just think that they're going to drop back a ton, especially if this game's not in prime time like that. Okay. Your quarterback nine is actually the quarterback six in consensus rankings is Justin Fields. I'm closer to you on the spectrum. In fact, I'm a little bit wary of Justin Fields here in week one, but I'll let you give your spiel here. So in the two games against the Packers last season, the Bears had 27% and 50% neutral pass rates. He had 162 scoreless yards uh, and 1.5 interceptions per game. It's just a not a great matchup because yep. the Packers basically are daring you to run the ball where obviously that's good news for fields to some degree. But I think it's going to be like more actual like traditional runs and not like these crazy runs that Justin Fields had. And he's been very reliant on those long touchdown runs that could certainly happen here and why have him still in this tier. Um, but we're losing some some Packers skill players on the other side of this. I think this could be a pretty ugly sloppy game in general. Um, so you're just hoping that Justin Fields can break off a long run, which he's certainly capable of. I want to start this conversation by saying like, I really like Justin Fields as a player. Um, I think he has time to improve and show those improvements. And Hey, week one is like the perfect platform to do it. But so often, and you cited those uh, numbers and matchups he had against the Packers last year, but I think the fantasy football collective, and I could be wrong with this, is looking at like the Packers defensive numbers last year and being like, oh, this is an easy matchup. Yeah, I think so many things have changed. I mean, you get Rashawn Gary back and he is like the heart and soul of that defense in terms of rushing the passer. You add in Lucas Van Ness on top of that. And I just think that they played so poorly last year mm -hmm. when you look at the individuals versus, again, the bad results on top of it. 
this is one of those teams when, you know, defenses are tough to be sticky year over year that I think we can see maybe this Packers unit jump up into not one that we were trying to avoid, but just so much better than the awesome matchups that we got versus them last season. Yeah, they still flash in some degrees. They're still like eighth in adjusted sack rate, but like that can go much higher. They have like legit like depth at the edge rushers. And still, this is another one of these games looking at the neutral pace. The Bears were 22nd in that stat last year. The Packers were at 31st. So just like overall play volume, if you're looking at it, this is one of the lowest games of the week. Trevor Lawrence is the last of this tier, I believe, as your quarterback 11. Uh, talk to me because... Looking at this, they are one of the largest favorites of the weekend against a uh, depleted Indianapolis Colts defense. Yeah, honestly, I can easily move him to my quarterback seven, like right next to Joe Burrow and Geno Smith here. So just waiting for a couple more injury nuggets here. Uh, like you said, Shaq Leonard's in concussion protocol. That's like the their second best uh, defensive player. They've lost so many pieces on the secondary Steph Gilmore. We had two other corners. We had a starting safety. They had they lost Yannick Ngakwe, Bobby Okariki, a linebacker. The Colts defense, I don't think, is any good. I think the Jaguars are going to do whatever they want here. So I probably should move him up a couple spots. Yeah, I would move him ahead of Justin Fields, but these aren't my rankings. Okay, that concludes Tier 2. Let's get into now Tier 3. Dak Prescott at the New York Giants. Yeah, I think this is like kind of a neutral matchup here. I'm very curious to see what the play calling is going to be uh, with McCarthy calling shots. I still think they're going to pass the ball a ton. They might not play with as quick of pace in general. Um, I think the Giants are starting two rookies on the outside at corner. So I like the matchups for Brandon Cooks in particular here. Uh, but even C.D. Lamb's gotten the best of a Dory Jackson in the slot. So I think this is a neutral uh, spot here. I think this could be a huge Tony Pollard week, like we mentioned. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dak, Dak Press has kind of been like settled in this tier since he hasn't been rushing as much since his injury. Deshaun Watson, I spoke about him earlier. He is your quarterback 12. Look, I, I don't want to make it this simple, but we're going to learn a lot about who Deshaun Watson is once again at this point of his career, I believe here in week one against the Cincinnati Bengals as underdogs and a very good defensive coordinator in Lou Anarumo. Yeah, so Vegas has the Browns kind of right in the middle of the pack when it comes to projected points. I do think the Browns are going to play uh, to the strengths more of Deshaun Watson this year. We saw like glimpses of it in the preseason, a lot more spread concepts where uh, Deshaun Watson could scramble around a little bit more uh, instead of like trying to learn the offense uh, after his suspension last year. So relatively optimistic. And then, like I said, the Bengals, are they lost both of their starting safeties last year. Um, and I don't think that they were expecting to lose both of them. So they kind of had to like make last minute adjustments there. So that's like another reason why I think the Bengals could regress. So I'm kind of throwing a lot, throwing out all the Bengals uh, defensive numbers from last year. I think it's a neutral matchup for Deshaun Watson, um, but the Vegas totals bring them down just a tier. Daniel Jones is your quarterback 13. I'm excited, man. I mean, you know, I, I made the point all summer saying that, Hey, who the giants were last season, low a dot, across the league, lots of quarterback rushing. That's not who Mike Kafka, Brian Dayball want to be. They want to try to create more explosives. It's a tough test to do it against this really loaded Cowboys defense here in week one. Yeah, I mean, even last year, the Cowboys were first in adjusted sack rate. They were fourth in passing EPA allowed, fourth in rushing EPA allowed. I mean, it's it's scary stuff. And they, I think they, they might be better this year on defense, which is crazy to say. So, yeah, it's just a really bad matchup for, for Daniel Jones. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. He, hopefully Darren Waller makes a huge, huge impact here because we'll need that. We'll get to that because I have a theory on Darren Waller. This I week. had the same conclusion. 
Oh, wow. Separate conclusions, but the same ones. Okay. Quarterbacks 14 and 15 in this tier. Jared Goff on Thursday night football against the Kansas City Chiefs. That has a high, high total in that game. And I actually think the uh, Lions offensive line without Chris Jones on defense and Charles Amenehu on defense could really give Jared Goff plenty of time to work in that pocket. And then Tua Tungo-Vailoa closes out as your quarterback 15. So let's start with Jared Goff. Nate Tice had this great uh, uh, metric in his column. He said... Uh, with Chris Jones off the field, the Chiefs ranked 29th in pressure rate, 32nd in pressure rate with four pass rushers, and 31st in average time to pressure. That means Jared Goff's going to be sitting back there so pretty. So uh, I might make I might move Jared Goff up like right in front of Dak Prescott, some, somewhere right Whoa. there. Um, Top of the tier, Jared. Yeah. Congrats. All right. And um, we talked so much about Tua and Tyreek and Jalen Waddell. Again, a perfect example and test here in week one where this was one of the quote-unquote blueprint games that he struggled against the Chargers and Brandon Staley's defense last year. Talking point all offseason, talked about counter punches, all of it. He gets that same defense here in week one to show us what is different about 2023. I'm guessing more runs is going to be helpful there. Hopefully Jalen Waddles better against press coverage. Hopefully Tua can throw the ball to the boundary a little bit more now that he's added a little bit of weight Pay attention to Teron Armstead. He was very banged up uh, in Wednesday's practice. Yes, like three injuries, not the last. It's like a a shoulder, a a finger, a back, and like a knee. Yeah, and then when he was actually injured in the training camp, he turned to Tyreek Hill and he said, I'm old, man. That was his, like, excuse. Like, that's not – not a great thing. The, the Dolphins probably have a bottom five offensive line, especially if Toronto Armstead's out. End of tier three. That brings us now to tier four, what I'm calling the super flex category. Uh, these are your low end two quarterback starters. Uh, and we'll kick that off with Aaron Rodgers, who I get this based on like the pace that we saw last year. And the Bills definitely have some players defensively. But we've also seen Aaron Rodgers throw out MVP games two years ago against really, really good defenses. We've talked about this. Would it be shocking at all if we get some MVP games early on the season from Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I'm higher on Aaron Rodgers than I think a lot of fantasy analysts just because he seems motivated. I think that the the Jets are going to end up figuring it out on the offensive line. Hopefully, Mekhi Becton is a, a stalwart on the right tackle spot. We have also seen Aaron Rodgers take the first month to kind of get the offense trailing. There's some staring at the sideline. There's some yelling at wide receivers. There's get this guy out of here, bring Randall Cobb in. So we could see a little bit of that in September. Uh, The matchup, I think, is fine. The secondary for the Bills, I think, like three years ago, was much better than this version of it just because of age and injuries. Um, So I don't think it's the worst matchup in the world for Aaron Rodgers, but I do think that it could play slow and try to really figure out how this offense is going to gel lots of moving parts out literally at running back at wide receiver and against the offensive line for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Again, he is your quarterback 16. He's quarterback 18 in consensus rankings. According to fantasy pros, you can't make a larger difference between uh, him and then Anthony Richardson as the quarterback 17 here against the Jaguars. The Colts are expected to score very little points. Um, Is this one of those weeks that we are banking on, Anthony Richardson's rushing of 70, 80 yards, giving mm-hmm. us a four. Yeah, we definitely need that. I'm in a super flex league, and I have Rodgers and Richardson. I have Rodgers in my lineup currently. Just, just to remind people, Anthony Richardson had 455 dropbacks in his college career. 
So like growing pains are expected here. I think that they're going to have to really play with pace here to keep Anthony Richardson alive, but more pace and scrambling ability will make Anthony Richardson one of the highest projected rushers of the week. Hopefully Michael Pittman's ready to eat because I think they're going to really bank on him in particular. Uh, but I think the Jaguars are going to do whatever they want on offense on the other side. And I think they're going to play with pace. I think that's going to keep Anthony Richardson alive, even if the balls are kind of spraying everywhere. Yeah, and so often when you just think about college prospects, the rushing ability is equated to the ceiling. Um, for fantasy football, we you know, attribute it to the floor, like giving us either a touchdown and 30 yards or you know, 55 to 75 yards. That is a nice base for us to hopefully get some passing numbers mm-hmm. on top of that. It keeps you, keeps you competitive. Let's put it that way. Okay, Russell Wilson, your quarterback, 18 against the Las Vegas Raiders. Projected for 24 points, that's like a pretty yeah. rock-solid total for the Broncos, which means I think I'm going to have to move Javante Williams and Samaj P. Ren up in my running back rankings. I will say that the the, Viking, or the, the the Raiders' defense was really bad last year, like in basically every single category. They're at least trying this year. They got Marcus Peters at corner. They have Tyree Wilson, who's actually healthy uh, at edge rusher. They added a safety. They added a linebacker here. So I think like last year's Raiders' defense is going to be worse than what this version of it is. At the same time, no Jerry Judy, I think, really makes a big difference for Russell Wilson, just like the explosiveness and kind of uh, ability to win after the catch. I think they're going to miss that. We're paying attention to Greg Dulcich's injury. Uh, lots of moving parts. He's injured? Or not, not injury. He was missing time for personal reasons, whatever the case may be. Uh, I think the Broncos are going to play really slow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will add, in preseason, Russ down about 20 pounds, looked a lot leaner, mm-hmm. and was giving us some of that rushing floor. Like, even if he gets us you know, 30, 40 rushing yards, that's very different than we got the statue in the pocket that was taking a ton of sacks last season. That would be a welcomed addition. Yes, it would be. Okay, speaking of rushing, I think you're underrating your quarterback 19, Sam Howell's rushing ability here. Um I mean, back just at UNC during his final season there, 183 rushing attempts for 828 yards and 11 touchdowns. Sure, a lot of that was design stuff. They're not going to call design stuff for him uh, during week one or maybe even beyond. But he has some maneuverability that I think mm-hmm. a lot of people haven't come around on yet. Yeah, I, I'm completely there with you. And the matchup is obviously fantastic. Cardinals were 25th against fantasy quarterbacks. Last year, they can't rush the passer, especially without TJ Watt, Zach Allen. They traded away Isaiah Simmons. Byron Murphy's gone, too. We'll see if Terry McLaurin's going to play. Um, I think I would move him up slightly if McLaurin is available and like actually available here. Uh, right. Middle of the pack when it comes to uh, the projected points. Where's the consensus rankings? Are they actually higher than me on Sam Howell? I would guess I would be higher. Maybe they more. have him as quarterback 19, so like directly in line with you. All right. I'm excited. I'm excited to see a, a debut basically for Sam Howell and, and Eric Bieniemy as a play caller too. Like we saw some things in the preseason, lots of like attacking vertically and coming back almost about 12 to 15 to 17 yards down the field. So that'll, that'll be cool to watch. Okay. Um, do you want to go the next tier or do we stay in this tier for the next name? Uh, I think we could, we'll bring Derek Carr into this tier. I, okay, think, yeah. I think he's going to find enough matchup. Yeah. Derek Carr quarterback 20 lay it on me. Yeah, the Titans are like one of the pass funnels. Uh, if you're just looking at it last year, um, they were first against the run and 28th against the pass. When looking at EPA per play, teams' offenses were choosing to throw the ball at the highest rate in neutral situations. Uh, we'll see if the Saints actually play into that. This goes against their kind of MO with this coaching staff. But if you look at just like the lack of depth, 
at running back and how healthy they are at tight end and wide receiver right now, I would expect Derek Carr to put up some decent numbers here. And the Saints are projected for 22 and a quarter points at home against the Tennessee Titans. Okay, uh, how about we go in clusters for the rest of the way for Tier 5? Uh, the first grouping, Brock Purdy, Jordan Love. This hurts you, and I understand it. Kenny Pickett and Matthew Stafford, those round out your quarterbacks 21 through 24. Yeah, so Purdy and Pickett play each other, and then just their two defenses are just like too good for like how good the quarterback levels are. I want I'm like really struggling in where to rank like Deontay and Debo and all these guys, but like really they're both projected for uh fewer than the average amount of points this week. It's just not a good setup for them. It's a perfect platform though for Kenny Pickett to continue on that preseason love to throw it and you know the faces of people that might have been concerned about his rookie season mm -hmm. uh, warranted in many aspects, but man, against the 49ers defense, this is a perfect time to put that out there on the field. And question, if Cooper cup was involved, would Matthew Stafford's ranking be much higher than this? Yeah. He would probably be in the super flex tier. I think like they would cool. be able to keep pace with the Seahawks. This is adjusting for that. Okay. Next grouping 25 and beyond Mac Jones, Desmond Ritter, Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill, Jimmy Garoppolo. And we close it out with two rookies in Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. Do any of these guys have a chance? Any? Can you make the case <laughs> for any of them? Um, I feel like whenever you are attached to Devontae Adams, you do have a chance. Now, Devontae and Marcus Lattimore should be like a or Marshawn Lattimore, I should say, should be a really fun matchup to watch. And then, man, we get Desmond Ritter against a, a questionable Carolina Panthers team. Like, Ritter has some rushing appeal at times. Uh, I just hope that the major difference that we get from Desmond Ritter, who averaged 29 pass attempts versus Marcus Mariota at 23 pass attempts, what if we get, and it probably won't because they're going to be probably beating the Panthers, 32, 33, 34 passing attempts, and Arthur Smith makes good in his mm -hmm. promise. Yeah, I think the guy that's going to pass the ball more than expected in this tier is going to be Baker Mayfield just because they're going to be probably chasing points against the Vikings. The Vikings defense is really trash in general, especially at corner. So I think that really good matchups for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. So I think like Baker Mayfield is going to have probably like a pretty ugly looking like 240 passing yards, which is like pretty good for this tier. Yeah, Baker can make me look like an idiot about questioning how big of a difference it's going to be from Tom Brady down to Baker Mayfield this offseason. That could happen here in week one, too. Yeah, and then it will disappear. <laughs> all right. We close out by putting uh, our quarterback one as the quarterback one of the week, too. Okay. <laughs> so there ends the quarterbacks. Again, if you're watching, you enjoy, hit that subscribe button, share it with a friend. I know many of you don't because you want to win your leagues, but you know, stick with us. I want to mention that on Sunday mornings around 10 a.m. Eastern, Hey and I are going to be answering your questions live for a very, very long time. So Lineups will be in flux. We are here to give our perspective on them. Okay. Tight end time, Hayden. And the number one tight end, maybe with an asterisk at the moment, is Mark Andrews because apparently he's dealing with a soft tissue quad injury that sidelined him for about six days leading up until week one. Yeah, definitely going to monitor that. Assuming that he's uh, at full strength, that he's like clearly the tight end one on the week, just looking at the, how many points the Ravens are supposed to score and how prolific Mark Andrews has been with Lamar Jackson. Just like last year, for example, 
Mark Andrews averaged 12.4 half PPR points in the nine, nine games with Lamar. He only had seven without him. So I think this one's very clearly the number one. This first tier, I have it termed as the players that have legit number one overall tight end upside for a week. There are three of them. The next is TJ Hawkinson. Intrigued to see the addition of Josh Oliver if that frees up some like true wide receiver usage for TJ Hawkinson to attach into the slot. Yeah, the Bucks last year, they were 24th against fantasy tight ends. Like, real quick, I don't Shocking. love using versus tight ends metrics yeah. when we're talking about it because, like, really it just comes down to, like, if you score a touchdown or not. Yeah, that or, like, did you play Travis Kelsey or, like, were you right. playing, like, a bunch of scrubs at tight end? So, like, really touchdown or uh, schedule dependent. Uh, with that said, I think Hawkinson's, like, very live to be top five and routes run at the position. They paid him a bunch of money. I'm assuming they're going to have some things schemed up for him. And really it's just at home Vikings are projected to score a lot of points. And I'm looking at Vegas totals when I'm, I'm looking at the tight ends, because this is a position that's really dependent on touchdowns more than yep. it is on the other positions. So Hawkinson's live for two touchdowns. Darren Waller finishes out this year as your tight end three this week. I am so excited because what we saw in his own lone preseason action was him being the focal point of the passing game. The Cowboys linebackers right now are Leighton Vander Ash and a guy named Damon Clark. My question, they brought in Stefan Gilmore, a veteran this offseason during his time with the Panthers, which was, you know, a different coaching staff and a different scheme. Stefan Gilmore was asked to basically shadow Kyle Pitts in one okay. of their contests when he was detached any time from the formation. Um, could that happen this week with Darren Waller? And if so, to me, that makes the mismatch setups that, you know, Kafka and Dayball could create a bit more difficult. I completely agree. I wrote in my column when they go to three by one isolated sets, I for sure think it's going to be Steph Gilmore on him just because he got a little more size uh, and physicality, but I can see him wandering all across the formation uh, and chasing him. So this is a tough matchup. The Cowboys, like for example, last year were third against fantasy tight ends. That's just because the Cowboys like don't give up points because they freaking have Mike Parsons and, and the boys and their safety groups actually fairly good as well. So while the linebackers don't look that special, this is still a brutal matchup for Darren Waller. With that said, his usage is going to be among the best and we have to chase the usage. But that's just us suggesting that. I don't think a beat writer has even mentioned that that is a possibility. You know, they could come out when their standard defense and have Darren Waller matched up against linebackers or like J. Ron Curse at safety. And it could also be the case where he gets like 11 targets in week one and even the difficult matchup like doesn't matter at all. I just was looking back on where Stefan Gilmore has been utilized in the past and threw out that suggestion. I'm really excited to see Darren Waller here in week one, but everyone knows that. Okay. Tier two. Starts off with George Kittle against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tell us why, because uh, George Kittle had the lowest target percentage during his time with Brock Purdy. Yeah, I believe it was 11% when McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk were all healthy with Purdy. Um, and I'm guessing that's because they asked him to stay in the block a little bit more. And there's less like design stuff that needs to go to Kittle when you have yards after the catch threats like CMC and Debo. Um, the other thing is like, when are we going to stop pretending that uh, this like lingering groin injury is like, just like we like nobody no. ever talks about it. I mean, he's had it this entire training camp. He was limited again on Wednesday. I think he's going to play like no one's suggesting that, but like this is a lingering injury that he had from last year. And I don't love that. He's 30 years old and already has this. Uh, and then for this week, he gets Minka Fitzpatrick uh, and the 49ers only projected to score 21 and a half points as a team. That's a lot lower than 
what we've been used to with the 49ers. That's there's not enough volume in this offense to like really go around. So like to me, he's like extremely boom bust. Like, yeah, yes, I mean, he can he, have a 50 yard touchdown. He also can have two targets. That, that's the name of his game. I mean, when he hits, he he definitely hits big. And that couldn't be more of the opposite than Tyler Higby, who is your tight end five of this week facing the Seattle Seahawks, uh, who it really doesn't matter if he gets like eight targets or four targets. He's going to get be in the range of like 30 yards to 59 yards. Yeah, the underdog fantasy pick em lobby has his receiving line at 46 and a half yards. Looking at the games without Cooper Cup, and there was like a sample of eight of them last year, Higby had a 22% target share on them. Uh, that's really strong when it comes to tight ends. And if we think the Seahawks are going to jump up with a big lead here, I do think there's a lot of garbage time projection coming for Higby. Uh, he's at least somewhat capable yards after the catch wise. The Seahawks were really bad against fantasy tight ends last year. I believe Jamal Adams is still out at safety for them as well. So this is just like who's going to be top five in targets and routes. I would guess Higby's is just thinking back and this might just be anecdotal, but he was almost like the check down for Matthew Stafford in a lot of situations. Like, Hey, if that primary is not open down the field, boom, in the flat, there is Tyler Higby and his a dodge just is not large at all. Back in 2021, he did have four games of eight plus targets, but he's also like one of the least efficient players when it comes to inside the 10 and inside the 20 yeah. yard targets as well. Like I understand this is a reaction to Cooper cup. And if you look at the prototypes and archetypes of that wide receiver room, like fan Jefferson doesn't, run routes in the same exact area that Cooper Cup does. Obviously, Tutu Atwell does not. And so I would expect Tyler Higby to outscore like Puka Nakua this week. This is a ugly week for tight ends, like ugly. extremely ugly. Okay, well, we'll keep it going with one of our favorite players. And this is hyper, hyper aggressive. But I get it with Luke Musgrave because right now, Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson are being held out of practice. Yeah, this is assuming that both of them are going to miss this game with a hamstring injury. If not, then I'll move Musgrave down. But really, Musgrave is going to be a full-time player regardless of those guys being in the lineup or not. It just means that he's probably going to see a couple more targets here. We saw him schemed up a little bit in the preseason in the training camp videos with Musgrave. And I think they might have to do that if they're going to be trotting out basically like UDFAs and seventh rounders and, and Jaden like Reed. and Jaden Reed, but like Jaden Reed's like might have to be playing on the outside some, and yeah. he's a smaller slot type of. They could guy. run a ton of two tight end sets mm -hmm. and have Luke Musgrave, which we talked about in four wide receiver sets. He was just going to be detached for the formation and play legit wide receiver stuff. Yeah, so this is kind of like the same thing with Higby because of injuries. I think that he way has more explosive. Yes, I think Musgrave is like significantly better than Tyler Higby is. Um, Chicago. Of note, though, they did upgrade their linebackers. They got a decent safety deal. So, like, the matchup individually for Musgrave is not that good. But really, the matchup means less than just, like, the volume because a lot of these guys that we'll talk about soon, like, we don't even know if they're going to be on the field. I know Musgrave is. Where do you think that consensus rankings have Luke Musgrave this week? I mean, 18. 24. Yeah. Tied in 24. This is the perfect example of why you need to tune into our Sunday morning Q&A show because let's say we get positive reports on Christian Watson and or Romeo Dobbs, then this ranking right. is going to change. But it's not going to drop all the way down to tied in 24. We'll tell you that. Because mm -hmm. we, we like Luke Musgrave because we know talent when we see it. Okay. Dallas Goddard. This is the tier that I say yards after catch and injuries propping up other players because Dallas Goddard is a yak monster when given the opportunity. 
Yeah, projected for 40 and a half yards, which like kind of is like sandwich. There's a lot of guys projected for like 30 to 40 yards uh, at tight end in the underdog pick and lobby. He he he's so frustrating because like the this, the amount of volume that he gets is not on par with the other elites. I do think he's a good player. The matchup I do think is pretty difficult. I love the uh, speed and like Duggar and all these guys that they have. Uh, on the Patriots defense here. So it's a kind of a mid matchup for Dallas Goddard, but at least he's talented. Okay. Noah Gray now <laughs> settles in as what? You're tight in eight. Um, Am I crazy here? Just be yeah, honest. You are. Be I honest. mean, you were even crazier where you had him before, but mm-hmm. this is, you are basically implementing running back handcuffs to tight end handcuffs here. Yeah. I'm just looking at where is, the ball going to go. Patrick Mahomes is projected for 285 passing yards. Still, there's still projected score. Like four. I don't think they go in here. the direction of Noah Gray. Like I, I understand that. Well, just a, a bunch of their wide receivers. Yeah, it's it's certainly possible. I, I will say, I think they actually trust Noah Gray. Like he was fourth in routes during the playoffs last year, uh, even with Kelsey out there. And then it's a very small sample here. But when he was the only tight end on the field, he had a 17% target share two yards uh, per route. That's pretty good. The depth behind Noah Gray is really bad because of other yeah. injuries Jody as Ford well. So I, I do that. think he does like they trust him. Like, he's actually been on like attached to Mahomes yeah. for a little bit longer, but re- really w- the next things we're going to projected for 37 and a half yards, 36 and a half yards, 36 and a half yards, 39 and a half yards. Like I think Noah Gray can be right in the mix with those guys. And at least his you. offense is supposed to score more points. I hear you. Um, And I put him in here because he like fit the label. Maybe he, belongs the next year yes i would just say how travis kelsey gets his yards and his catches is very much just travis kelsey being able to do that in terms of feeling coverage sitting in zones mm-hmm. the mind meld that he has with patrick Mahomes and extended plays mm-hmm. i do not expect noah gray to be able to step into that same role in that same usage i'm asking for 40 yards can we get him to 40 yards not 120 Noah gray where do you go to school uh, Duke. He always well their done. Birth. I've watched well his tape at Duke. I was I was part done. of it. Tier three. People are gonna light you up in the comments for having Kyle Pitts and all these other names below Noah Gray. But tell us why against this Panthers defense. So Pick'em Lobby has him at thirty-seven and a half yards. The they're just not supposed to score that many points. He's at least off the injury report. So if you want to start Kyle Pitts, like this is to me like all the same tiers. Like if you really hate Noah Gray and you love Kyle Pitts. By all means, uh, he was in a little bit of rotation. I think that Noah Gray is going to probably run more routes than Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, I would say, significantly better as a real life player here. So, like, I would move Noah Gray down a tier. Uh, so, at least when people screenshot this, it's not too crazy. Um, yeah, but screenshot everyone, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, like, you're not a big Kyle Pitts guy, like, you can't no, play no, this no, game. No, I'm, I, but I'm not the one making the rankings, which is great. Um, no, I, I actually think Jeremy Chin and Kyle Pitts are going to see a lot of each other this mm-hmm. week, a lot. Cal Pitts is another one of these lessons that we're going to learn after week one. Don't want to read into week one, meaning the rest of the 17 weeks of the season, but uh, I will be doing that. Okay. The rest of this tier upside tight ends, because you have David and Joku who just needs a ton of end zone work connected to Deshaun Watson, Pat Fryermuth, and Evan Ingram round out the four names here. Yeah. So I have Ninjoku as my tight end eight and uh, and ahead of Noah Gray at this point, just looking at the Bengals. They lost both. Well, when did you change that? Uh, I, like I have to say my rankings before since... you logged on. Exactly, exactly. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Um, 
but that's why you got to tune in to the Sunday show. I'm always updating my stuff. This is this <laughs> we're recording stuff on Thursday at 9:43 in the morning for me. Lots lots can change here. But really for David Njoku, I just think he's like an actual difference maker at tight end. I do think the new system's also going to be good for him. I think that he has actual red zone ability unlike some of these other kind of smaller tight ends and they lost Jesse Bates, they lost another safety uh for Cincinnati, so I think that his matchup is totally fine. Yeah, I mean, I think David Njoku probably has other than Nick Chubb the highest odds of scoring a touchdown on this Browns team. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see what they do with Elijah Moore, but like it seems like it's a whole bunch of stuff and not much substance as of yet. Donovan Peoples Jones is like a fine role player in the yeah. league. I, I do like Amar. He missed a handful of time. It sounds like with all the camp reports that the offense is actually gelling now that Amari Cooper is back, which makes a ton of sense. But David Njoku, he can take a screen to the house or he can get vertical or he can be you know, successful because of his leaping ability inside the 10-yard line too. I like mm-hmm. that a lot. Okay, uh, let's now go to Tier 4. And I saw that you had Evan Ingram now ahead of Kyle Pitts too, so I'll just rearrange these things. Okay, Dalton Kincaid. This tier is all about, again, lessons that we are going to learn about tight ends if they are full-time players and if they're not. And there's no better example than Dalton Kincaid here in week one against a Jets defense that's going to throw a lot at the Buffalo Bills. Um, We've seen all different types of usage, talked about a lot with his time with um, Dawson Knox in that final preseason game. What are your expectations here for Dalton Kincaid in week one? I think that he's going to run around on like 70% of the dropbacks, not be a full-time player because he can't block well enough. Uh, I will say that this Jets defense is interesting because they're so loaded on the perimeter and at, at pass rusher, but they're less good um, up the middle. Like, for example, the Jets were first against fantasy wide receivers last year. They were 23rd against fantasy tight end. So I do think that the Dalton Kincaid matchup is relatively fine, except the Bills are projected for a fewer points. So, uh yeah, I think he's going to run enough routes to be an upside play. I also think there's an outcome where Don Kincaid and like Deontay Hardy run the same amount of routes and like see a similar amount of snaps. Um, but we'll see. We'll see after week one. I love these next three names. And Jake Ferguson, Gerald Everett, and Jawan Johnson. Uh, at different points of this offseason, we were advising to draft all three of these players. Yeah, so Ferguson uh, led the position in yards per route run. Very small sample in the preseason. I just think that he's got an awesome role with Dak Prescott. Historically, he's checked the ball down there. Gerald Everett, the we're talking about just hoping for touchdowns. The Chargers are going to score a bunch of them this week. Miami was 29th versus tight ends last year, though. It's a new system. Uh, we'll see what that's about. And then Jawan Johnson, his receiving line in the pick'em lobby is only at 26 and a half yards. I like the higher on that one just because we're looking at kind of like a weak depth at the running back spot uh, Jake Hayner their quarterback three got suspended so that now they're marking Taysom Hill as a quarterback at this point either way I think that Jawan Johnson is going to have basically a full-time role and we talked about Derek Carr is like going to put up some points this week preseason depth charts are preseason depth charts but uh he was listed as the starter uh which for a receiving tight end uh is kind of abnormal like we talked about that with Dalton Kincaid we talked about it with Greg Dulcich like Jawan Johnson's going to play a boatload of snaps here. And this one closes out with Sam Laporta, too. Um, we'll finish this tight end grouping with tier five. And these are just like uncertain snaps. Like we don't know how much these guys are going to play. I'm just going to throw everyone out there on the board. Yeah. Uh, and Dalton Schultz, Taysom Hill, Greg Dolchich, Tyler Conklin. And the one that is going to get people irate is Chig Okwankwo checking in all the way down 
as your 22nd tight end because many platforms out there list him around tight end 10, 11, 12, and he was drafted to be the starter on many, many fancy football squads. So we don't know about his playing time. He was actually getting subbed out during the preseason on a couple of these uh, heavy tight end looks for bigger tight ends. Also, the Titans are projected for like the fifth fewest points in the league, and they don't run that many plays. So like I'm only I'm yeah. just the messenger in mm-hmm. consensus rankings. He's the tight end 11 this week. So people are going to wonder why this is happening. I will back you up by saying last year, Chig only had one game over 50 percent of snaps. But that doesn't mean after playing, you know, so many in the preseason that we don't get or that we do get uh 70%, 75% this week. This is one where, depending on if that happens, Hayden, I could see Chig then going over into this upside tight end category if he runs like a 70 to 75% tight end this week. But even if he has that, we have Traylon Burks healthy, DeAndre Hopkins as the one. This is a defense or an offense that's going to play probably neutral in pace, and they're definitely going to be below average in neutral pass rate. Like he has to have that and be good and Tannehill to beat expectations. Like, he still plays on a team that's not supposed to score very many points. Totally understand. This is, Mm -hmm. again, one of those lessons that we learn about some of Twitter's favorite players out there. And I would say CO is uh, up there among all the tight end lists. Okay, quickly, it is sicko charts time for defense and special teams. Give the people what they need. We have two minutes. So this chart, looking at projected sack rate and then how many points they're supposed to give up, the best defenses are down in this bottom right quadrant. We have the Commanders, Ravens, Eagles, Saints, Seahawks, Cowboys, Packers, and then if you're really desperate, I think like the the Jaguars and Falcons uh, have a little bit more umph this year on defense in good matchups, but really we want to apply pressure because pressure leads to sacks, which you get fantasy points from. Pressure also leads to interceptions and fumbles and all that type of stuff. And we don't want them giving up a lot of points too. So I don't spend any more time than this chart. That's all you need. But this is also based on last year's numbers and things can massively swing differently this off season or this season, I should say based on, you know, quarterback changes, defensive changes, so on and so forth. Um, okay. That's it. We nailed it. Join us again, Sunday morning around 10 a.m. Eastern, a long ass Q and a section. Uh, show and section uh, to get you ready for week one. Go and check out our rest of our running backs and wide receiver tier and ranking shows. And I'll link in the description down below Hayden's written form because he might update it two minutes before uh, you check it out. All right. Producer Weaves, Hayden, I'm Josh up to Vela. We'll talk to y'all soon.